Welcome to the Share Life Podcast with Jason Scott Montoya, where we explore stories and systems to live better and work smarter. Welcome to another inspirational people interview on the Share Life Podcast. Today I'm speaking with Julie Christine Hubbard, also known as Julie Kitsuli. Julie, say hello. Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me on, Jason. Yeah, of course. Uh, Julie and I went to the Art Institute of Atlanta. Both, uh, I graduated in 2008 and she graduated in 2009, um, but we had classes together, although I don't exactly remember which ones. <laughs> that time was a blur. It was. Um, but we both got a, yeah, we both got a, so if you remember, let me know, but we both got a degree, our bachelor's uh, degree in media, arts, and animation. But unlike me, Julie retained her animation skill sets and is a wonderful freelance artist and designer today. So she does a lot of wonderful work and, um, and she'll be able to tell us more about that. So anyways, Julie, uh, tell us about you and your story. Uh, sure thing. Well, as you know, graduated uh, in 2009, Media Arts and Animation. One of the big reasons why I actually chose animation was because it has something to offer for everyone that has a big creative interest in all those creative endeavors. World building, writing, character designs, illustration, voice acting, all of that fun stuff. So since my graduation, I've been working uh, under my artist name, Kitsuli, uh, with a variety of clients in a bunch of different ways. Everything from maybe social media marketing to helping out at their events, creating their flyers, animated commercials. And my work has been everything from maybe an OC character commission to a full-length animated feature film. Um, so right now I am working on, we've got a few projects that I'm working on. One of them is a cartoon series. And ultimately I do want to create a, my own, uh, live action slash animated movie. So I've got some big creative dreams and I'm very excited. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So tell us, go back, let's rewind to your origin story. Where did the artistic animation begin? Um, when did the spider bite you? Oh, well, and the other day, whenever I was eating my tarantula some crickets, um, no, so <laughs> actually I didn't get bitten, but, uh, I will say that I would say it happens definitely very early on. Um, I always loved watching animated movies. Um, my favorite movies, I think my first one I saw what, like my big one I saw was the little mermaid. Let's, let's chat about that for a second. Cause the new little live action little mermaids coming out. So how do you feel about that? You know, it, uh, live action remakes have been kind of hit or miss, you know. Uh, I was excited for The Lion King. It was terrible. I wasn't as excited for Aladdin, but I loved that one. So I'm yeah. kind of like, mm, I'm kind of like here. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> low expectation, whatever happens. Yeah, I'm just like, whatever happens at this point, you know. So Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, uh, in addition to just always watching animated cartoons, whether it was like everything from David the Gnome, if anybody remembers that, or um, Fantasia, of course, all of that fun stuff. But also I was always putting on like a skit or voice acting, or I would love to draw comics. And, you know, of course, you know, a couple of people said, if you thought about doing animation as I got older, maybe when I was like 11, 12 years old, and that's when I started thinking about it really thinking about it. And I said, you know, that's not a bad idea because it does have all of these things I'm interested in. I don't want to just be an illustrator. Um, 
mm-hmm. you know, while that's amazing, but I also want to do some other stuff too. I also want to write, like maybe I want to write a script. Script writing is so much fun. Maybe I want to write comedy beats or write a whole story. I love world building, but then I mm. could, maybe the other day I'm like, oh, time to do a character design. Maybe it's time to do an yeah. animated background. So what was, it, yeah. well, what was it about animation versus just storytelling live action, you know, in, in, or even other forms like novels or uh, comics or whatever. I was very fascinated with how it moved. Like somebody mm. was drawing all of those characters and it wasn't just an actor. It was several people that came together to create that. And you could create anything with animation, which I thought I was just in awe of. Like you could create a big monster or you could create yeah. any kind yeah. of character. You can draw this. So like whatever you imagined mm. in your brain, you could draw it out and make it come to life. I thought that was just mm. super cool. Well, and would you say, I think, cause this is one of the, areas of animation that appealed to me was with live action, you kind of have to orchestrate a lot of different pieces, but with animation there, we have a little bit more control to sort of create the story as an independent creator. Does that make sense? Yeah, you do. You do. You have more, you can decide and you can decide on the style too. Um, And you could do that with live action, of course, too, but with animation, like there's, you can decide, do I want it to be something very simple or do I want it to be something very cartoony? Yeah. Do I want it to be something super realistic mm-hmm. or do I want it to be like painted like uh, yeah. Loving yeah. Vincent or something Yeah, there's like a that. new uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle animated movie coming out. I and the style that. is really, it's very, it's very um, unique and it's compelling. I, I like the style a lot. I like that. I like that. Yeah. And I just always loved, and you know, again, it's just like comes back to, I just like watching cartoons. It's kind of yeah. like people who like doing game making, which I also would have a big interest in is creating a video game, but people who love game making love playing video games. So it, it's like yeah. a big thing. Like you like love doing what you're doing, you know? Yeah. So what do you have a favorite Pixar movie? My, I'll throw mine out. My, my favorite Pixar movie is Monsters University. I like uh, Inside Out a lot. That okay. one was really yeah. fun. And, of course, Finding Nemo. That's always a good yeah. one. Yeah, there you go. There was something special about Inside Out just because I was like, oh, it's like, you know, inside your brain and everything. And yeah. It's just like I think there's just so much potential there, so much fun. Yeah. So tell me, cause now, you just, uh, when we got our degrees, we, we kind of learned – kind of the fundamentals of art and drawing and figure drawing. And we also learned 2d animation as well as 3d animation. Now you've mm-hmm. sort of taken, uh, uh, kind of preferred the 2d, uh, hand-drawn type of animation, although correct me if I'm wrong. Um, is that right? And, and why did you kind of choose that pathway over 3d? Um, 3d was uh, very difficult. <laughs> like I loved the, I liked the modeling part, like modeling, like, just a character or something, but after that, I whenever it gets to the texture and the rigging, I just got frustrated. And I liked, I liked the illustrative, illustrative style of the two D mm-hmm. animation. I do love a good three D animation, but I like watching it. Um, yeah. And I do, I do love whenever people can take a two D character and develop it into three D. I always thought that's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as doing it, I, you know, doing the sculpt, like, I like the sculpting part, but sometimes my characters look all wonky and stuff. I just need more yeah. practice. But, you know, it just, it just didn't, it wasn't as fun to me to do, especially when it came to the texturing and the rigging and stuff that wasn't as appealing. Whereas I, I wanted to sit down and paint and, you know, yeah. draw backgrounds and draw these characters mm-hmm. and draw them in several different things. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so tell us, you know, how do you end up at the Art Institute from sort of that moment of, hey, I could be an animator? 
Um, just researching different schools, uh, and then the Art Institute just happened to be pretty close by because I was living. So, did you grow up in the Atlanta area? No, I did not. I actually came from Daytona Beach, Florida, but we moved up here when I was 15. So that was around that time where I was looking for schools around this area because I did want to stay nearby because a lot of my family was out here Mm. and my mom was out here. But um, yeah, I was looking around at different places. The Art Institute was right up there. Super cool. And that's why it made me decide to go for it. Okay. Now tell us, uh, update me and the world on your journey since then. Like since you graduated... Obviously, we diverted past because I didn't stick with the animation. Uh, I did kind of for a little bit, but eventually got away from it. Um, And you kind of stuck with it. So tell us about uh, some of that journey or some of the highlights of that journey. Sure. Um, Ooh, some big highlights. Yeah. um, Well, a lot of the things that I did, I started off with doing animated like animated segments for clients. Like one was called Stop Tad, which was stop texting and driving. Just this little stick figure, stop texting and driving. I went on to do some promo videos for a couple of clients where I was uh, actually doing a mix of live action and animation. Like maybe I took their animated character and animated it. One was for a 5K race called the Red Hair Chase where I animated Mm -hmm. their logo, Bunny Rabbit, running. And then I did some... (laughs) film editing with of the map and people running and edited the audio with it. So it was like a little a fun promo uh, to get people to come to the race and get them excited for it. Um, I did work a little bit on a couple of animated series overseas. One was a uh, turtle Tato, which was, which was pretty cute. I did that for a little bit, but my big, big animated uh, thing that I was, uh, worked on was with one of my friends overseas. He came to me and he said, uh, you know, we'd, we'd actually worked together on a series, uh, uh, like one episode series called Muse, the animated series. And we met because we're both Muse fans. So I had actually, I, I was actually following his videos on YouTube. And one day I said, Hey, have you ever thought about doing a Muse animation? And he said, yes, actually. <laughs> and we became actually really good friends after that. So me cool. and him, worked on Muse the Animated Series where he took audio clips from Muse interviews and came up with a story and all this fun stuff, and I animated it. So that's on YouTube, Muse the Animated mm. Series. That was really fun. Okay. From there, a few years later, he came to me and said, I wrote a script for a movie um, about Christmas and aliens. Would you want to work on this? And I said, sure. And, in fact, I even got uh, – and Nathan Darson from the Art Institute, he uh, also worked on it. He did some background designs. But, yeah, we worked together and created a full-length feature film. And that took a lot of work. It took about a year and a half. But it was very simple animation, too. Very yeah. simple because, uh, you know, a I, I full-length feature coming out in a year and a half. Yeah, it was, like, very... Very simple, but we wanted to get that story out. So yeah. that's what we did. We, I was doing a lot of the character designs. I did a cameo as um, one of the elves. Um, it was actually a, an adult like uh, elf at a at a at a Santa <laughs> thing, and then the kid finds out Santa's not real, <gasps> or at least he thinks he's not real. He gets upset, all kinds of stuff. But yeah, uh, that was really fun because then I had the opportunity and to go out to London, well, it was actually in Lincolnshire, but uh, to go out to out there to do a premiere of the movie. And that was really oh, wow. cool because we got to, uh, he showed it at this, uh, th- at this really nice theater out there. We had a bunch of people. He sent out a limo for us. We felt like A-listers. 
Yeah. You know, we ha- it was cool to see a cardboard cutout of my characters right there, and we took some pictures with it. That's awesome. And then we watched the movie, and just looking around, and I'm watching all these people get excited for it. So that's cool. That was really fun. And uh, yeah, that's what also uh, me and my partner now we've been anticipating and wanting to create. I've been wanting to create my own series, but we've also been wanting to create a, a live action animated movie because one of my other favorite movies is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm. So I wanted to do something like that, but we're also horror movie fans. So can you yeah. imagine a live yeah. action animated <laughs> horror film? Yeah. So that would be exciting. an interesting challenge to overcome for sure. That's that's going to be like our, our magnum opus is what we kept saying, because we want to do a lot of stuff. We're thinking, we're talking like stop motion and puppetry mm. and, all that kind of fun stuff. So that's one that's of our, our big ones, our big goals, because we're both big filmmakers and film lovers, and yeah. that's what we want to do. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah. so, so you you were an aspiring creative person. You end up going to school, and then you end up in the real world, and you're doing all these projects. What are some of the lessons you learned? You know, just the sort of the aspirational dream versus the reality of, of the work itself. How do what are yeah. some of those lessons? Well, for one, I thought, you know, and I think everybody thought that, oh, boy, I just graduated. I'm going to get a $100,000 a year job working at a studio, and life is going to be great. And, you know, it just turned out to be very different because, uh, you know, you're applying to jobs. You might get a rejection letter and that sort of thing. It became very tough. It's very tough. It's very competitive. you got to have your portfolio. You've got uh, – people critiquing your work which is which is great but also you've got mean people online which Mm -hmm. isn't as great i've seen i've seen some mean comments about my stuff and i just let it roll off but you know because at first it does hurt you know hurt your feelings but then after that you know what just if you're going to become well known as an animator as a person yeah you're gonna have to take the good with Mm -hmm. the bad but yeah it was it (laughs) yeah i was gonna ask well that's a that's an interesting thing to talk about because I think a lot of people who are critical of, you know, movies or animation or whatever it is, but things that of which they are not a creator, they're just a audience member. So yeah. is there anything about that dynamic that, okay, once you become a creator, all of a sudden that type of criticism that perhaps you even did yourself, all of a sudden you see it through new eyes? Is, is that? Yeah, I do sometimes because I will look at a, you know, maybe a movie and I'll, you know, we'll, we'll critique it and we'll say, okay, well, you know, maybe the lighting was off or maybe something was off or oh, the story. Cause you're still going to be a critic because you, you're, you're yeah. still the audience. So you're going to critique it on whether you liked it or not. And our big thing is we love good and not good movies. The thing is it has to be entertaining. It could be like on the low budget of a dollar, but it has to be entertaining. And we've turned movies off just because they were boring. So yeah. as long as it's entertaining and fun and it keeps our interest, we'll keep watching, you know, even yeah. if it, if it's not uh, critically, like even if it's not, you know, something super awesome, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's gotta be worthwhile. It, and if it's not, then move on. Yeah. But it is interesting yeah. to see it from another side. Yeah. Any other lessons that you learned worth worth noting? Um, just uh, yeah, definitely persistence. Like just keeping mm. persistent. I've I've noticed because sometimes you'll land that job or you'll land that client like after fifty rejections or something. You know, maybe you get fifty rejections or or you keep reaching out to people saying, "Hey, 
you want to do this or hey you want to do this or, or pitching an idea or whatever the key is just to keep persistent because you never know which is going to be the the one and any I'm, i know any um actor or anybody in hollywood would say the same thing like i've seen some interviews where they've said i was about to quit but i didn't and then i landed <laughs> yeah. that role that i needed and that was it so yeah yeah that's i think i heard I john krasinski from the office he was about oh, to yeah. give up right right like a few months before he got that and um, See, now it's changed his whole life <laughs> that's how uh sean william scott did the same thing i remember reading an interview where he was out in hollywood and he just kept going at it and going at it and finally he was like i'm not getting anything i'm about to quit but he's like no what if i kept going and the right role came along and that's when the role of stifler from american pie came in hmm. and then he started doing movies so yeah. you just never know. yeah that's yeah the guy in Mad Men, um the main guy i can't remember his name now but he was such he's such a distinct looking person that Mad Men was like made for him, but he had to wait till Mad Men was going to be created for him to become an actor. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you you just never know. So that's that's definitely a big lesson. It's just a, is I've I've learned to definitely keep persisting, and you know that's how I've landed a, a couple of jobs where I was applying for like months and months and months about to get you know, like what am I doing, and then I'll get something. You know. Yeah. So how uh, so let's talk about living better and working smarter. But let's talk about this. The living better side of it. What does that mean to you to live better? How do you apply that in, in your life? Um, I think that means just really doing what you want to do for your quality of life, uh, making sure you take care of your mental health and you're not working yourself to death. Like so many mm -hmm. people do that as well. They stress themselves so much, but your mental health and your physical health is such an important part of you that if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't, you can't do that other work. So yeah. it is important to just, you know, being mindful of your own, own body. And then I know both of us getting older, we're kind of realizing that as well. I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't uh, do that. Yeah. You know, maybe I shouldn't do that so much for my health. Um, yeah. Well, yeah so is that, uh, is that something that you've always had instilled in you or is that something you learned? It's, I would say it's something I learned because especially in my younger days are like, you're practically like, yeah, whatever. I'm invincible. <laughs> I can, I, I can drink and do it. And then later when you get older, you're like, okay. Yeah. So it's definitely learned. And the same thing with like, you know, something like exercising, maybe when you're younger, you're like, ah, I'm, I'm fine. And then when you're old, it just gets harder whenever you're older, you know? So yeah. it's definitely taking care of yourself, drinking lots of water. And then, you know, same thing when, whenever there's more doctor's visits too, you can realize that as well. Like, Oh, I, I'm not immortal. What is this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been having issues with my neck. I've, I, I have a couple discs that I herniated. And so, oh. um, I'm going through some treatment now to, to, to help uh, deal with that. But, um, but yeah, it's like a big old speed bump in life, you know, it's slowed me down. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, living better is definitely, and it is like just yeah, your qual like you, like I said, the quality of life. Like, what's gonna make you happy? Like, what kind of life do you want? It's gonna like my garden makes me happy, my mm. animals make me happy, <laughs> you know, things yeah. like that. And are those things that you neglected or didn't do at a, when you were younger that you've since in, or have you just um, looked? Kind I would of, say maybe. I, whenever I was younger, I didn't have as many animals. I only had like I only had my cat, but um, uh, definitely the garden because I I didn't have a house, so I didn't really have a, have yeah. a garden. So um, and then whenever I did, like I would have like a little thing that sometimes I wouldn't 
I, I would kind of like forget about I'm like oops but definitely now that I'm older I am more aware and taking care of them now I'm taking care of all my little critters and they're all doing really well in case nobody knows I got three dogs three cats a leopard gecko and six tarantulas for now wow, wow. <laughs> so there's more uh, more coming now, there could be. There possibly could now, be. Tell um, us about how these tarantulas came about. Did you did you start there or did you or did that? That's come a out fun one. So I was always <laughs> so this is a fun one. I was always interested in I mean, I was just always like spiders. I never thought that they were scary. I thought they were kinda cute. And uh one day and I actually still want to do this, so I made a podcast pilot. I wanted to do it for a kids show called What's So Scary and the idea is that it would be about things that aren't so scary, that seem scary, but maybe they're not so scary if you learn about it. So, like, maybe heights or snakes, mm. and common fears, you know, that, like, why are people afraid of them? Why are some people not afraid of them? And how can we learn more about them to maybe not seem so scary? Because once you, a yeah. lot of the fear comes from the unknown. So if you mm. know more about it then it's not so scary. So my first episode was going to be about spiders and I interviewed a lady. I was in a tarantula group because I've always been, I was researching. I researched for like a year or so before I got one, but I was researching. This lady had 37 tarantulas and that's about an average number for a tarantula kefir. Uh, some of these people have like 50 oh, or wow. more because they have all have their own little enclosures. But yeah, I interviewed her for the podcast. It was really fun. I made a pilot episode for it. And after that, okay. after learning that from her, I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get my first tarantula. <laughs> and I did. I got a curly hair. And of course, because I'm so unique, I named her Charlotte. <laughs> so, and then from there, you know, I would go to like a reptile expo and see them. And, you know, I'd be like, ooh, a little baby. And yeah. I would get one. Yeah. And I had like enough room on my desk. So now I've got six of them. And they're and all, they all have their own container or their own aquarium. <laughs> Yep, they all have their own little enclosure. Mm -hmm. They're uh, a couple of them start off as babies, and it's so cool just to see them molt and get bigger yeah. and bigger. And they're very can they not live together in the same tank or no? Nah, they probably like fight or kill each other or something. Yeah, <laughs> but, and and they're very they're very low maintenance. They just need water, and you feed them how is however often they need to be fed, which is usually like you know it could be a couple times a week, and that's it. And yeah. it's usually crickets. And mm -hmm. yeah, I've only held two of them and one of them was because he was very 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 docile he was a pink toe but he's very sweet he was an old man he sadly passed yeah. on christmas eve mm -hmm. um so I, I think he had to go help santa you know yeah so so how do you how what kind of personality or what kind of like do they know who you are or are they pretty uh in, yeah in they wouldn't know who i am they're mostly like uh, they do have their own personalities it was just kind of which is really funny like i have one who's just so angry at the world uh, anytime <laughs> i try to reach in to change her water she smacks it or she dumps water in it she's just very yeah. she's just an angry little girl <laughs> i have some that are just like just hide what they'll do is they'll kick little leg hairs off. Like they'll kick their uh, legs and kick urticating hairs off to get away. And then if yeah. you're really bugging them, they'll raise their arms at you. Mm -hmm. Like you need to back off. Danielle, she's the angry one. She's the one who's done that. Only one yeah. who's done that really. Cause she just, she's angry. It was really yeah. funny, but um, yeah, they all got the, it's, it's pretty cute to just see the, all the unique personalities. They're like little, 
eight-legged cats, kind of. They just yeah. want to clean themselves <laughs> and be left alone. And, and they're very, they're like a weeping angel, which is kind of funny. If, if anybody's seen Doctor Who, the, they move whenever you're not looking. So you look, they'll be in one place, and then, you know, you do something else, you'll turn around, and then they're somewhere else. And you're like, how did you get there? Yeah, yeah, that's funny. So yeah. anything else on the live better before we uh, move to work smarting? Work smarter? Oh, uh, no, I think that's it. Just living better, just doing what you want. Okay, so what does it mean to work smarter? You gave some examples, like not killing yourself on your job. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, just take a step back and take a deep breath and decide, like, you don't have to do everything. That's one thing I've yeah. realized at one of my jobs. You don't mm. have to dive in and do everything. So many people just say, well, I can do that, I can do that, I can do that, I can do No, just take a step back and learn to realize that you don't have to do everything and you can actually delegate like maybe if you're mm. working on a team work with your team members to what other jobs that they can take on like or realize yeah delegation is a big thing mm. i've realized because i used to think oh if i'm working hard then i'm getting stuff done but then i realized oh i don't think my team members are appreciating yeah. that i'm taking on something so if so someone's like, struggling with delegation or not delegating what would you tell them like as a way to to do that or as a step to move towards it um i would just let them know that it's okay to it is okay to delegate because i i think part of why i, I was afraid to was just because i was like oh i don't know then i'm gonna feel like i'm bossing them around or something but a lot of people do want to help and then i would say just taking that step forward and just being more assertive and confident and knowing what you can handle and what you just cannot like and learning how to say no and just knowing like, okay, I, I don't, I can't take on possibly take on everything. And, and they will appreciate that you're looking to them and saying, Hey, would you mind taking a look at this or doing this? A lot of people are, would be more are usually more than happy to, because it gives them a sense of accomplishment. They want to help you out, etc. Yeah. So how do you go about kind of as a, maybe a, a connection to the delegation? How do you go about setting and enforcing boundaries in your life or in your work? Um, I would say you just just think about what you want and like how you want your lifestyle to be. Like if you know that you don't want to work after 6 p.m. or if you know that you have a certain time, you know, you don't want to work or answer somebody, you can say, no. And remember, no is a complete sentence. You don't have to give a reason. You can just say no. I think a lot of people want to come up with an excuse or a reason like, no, well, blah, blah, blah. No, you, you don't have to give excuses. You can you can just say no or sorry, I can't or something like yeah. that. And then just realizing that if you always say yes, then it's just going to keep happening and you'll end up resenting and kind mm. of being like, well, I keep saying yes. And then it just causes resentment and passive aggressive aggression, aggression. <laughs> so <laughs> it's better to just know what you want and stick to them too. So then that way people know, Oh, I'm not going to bug them or keep bugging them for yeah. an answer. You know, now a lot of people, I think, would struggle to even clarify. I don't know what I want. <laughs> so uh, what would you encourage to someone of like coming up with figuring out what they desire, what their vision is? Do you have any tips yeah. or advice on that? And that is, that is a good question. Like, yeah, well, how do you know what you want? Um, yeah, I guess it's just kind of like you can even just maybe journal or write it out. Like, what do I envision my lifestyle to be? Mm. You know, like, what do I, 
what would make me happiest or what's your like sometimes thinking outside the box as big as you can and then bringing it back in will sometimes help whenever you just kind of sit down like all right here's my ideal lifestyle okay mm-hmm. how can i work toward that and then raising your standards to meet your lifestyle like don't lower your standards to meet your lifestyle like think of your lifestyle and then raise your standards up to that yeah so what would you say to someone that feels um by and maybe this is one of the reasons they might struggle to clarify the visions when you set that ideal in a way it acts as it kind of it reveals that you're not there so you can feel mm-hmm. judged you could almost be feeling like i'm not i haven't met the standard i'm not good enough um and might prevent someone from sort of actually building that life what, what would you say to that or that i'd say well, who says you're not good enough like mm-hmm. who, who said you're not good enough who cares what they think what, what do yeah. you think and then if they say well i think i'm not not good enough well hmm <laughs> then uh if they think well i'm not good enough well let's bring your confidence up let's what are you good at and then that's when i would probably talk about their accomplishments or what what they have done or different ways maybe think of different ways that they have set those standards and those accomplishments to make them make them feel good but uh, my big thing is don't care about what other people think because like who are they to judge because it's your life not theirs you know Mm -hmm. yeah so that kind of hits on the topic of mentoring and so having someone to maybe speak that into your life what what how Mm -hmm. has mentoring played a role in your life Hmm. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a formal mentorship, but you know, someone that's giving you advice or guiding you or teaching you where I could ask, I, where you feel comfortable, where I could ask questions or, you know, I've had uh, mentors who have helped me without even realizing like you're my official mentor, but I will look to them (laughs) and I'll look to them and, I just imagine what kind of person I want to be and I'll look to them and I'll say, okay, this is who I, you know, this is the type of person I want to be. And I actually said that to my previous manager. I said things like, I want to be just like you when I grow up. And she's like, Oh, you, but I'll look to her, you know, I've looked to her or somebody like that. And I'd say, okay, what are they doing? Okay. They, Mm -hmm. and that's where I've learned a lot of the boundary setting. That's, she's also taught me about the delegation. Um, you know, what can I let, like, it's just like kind of looking at somebody and, and saying, okay, I want to be like them and I want to ask them questions. Mm. I, I have friends who I see also as a mentor because I'm like, wow, I want to be like them, you know, or like, what do I admire in them? So I don't mm. necessarily want to be them, but you know, what do I admire in them and how can I apply that to my, to my own life? And yeah. I've, I have had mentors where they have helped me like, uh, like doing podcast producing or something. And I, mm. it, that was more of an official one where I could ask questions and it's very exciting and it's a learning experience. And whenever you are in a mentorship, definitely ask a lot of questions because I love answering questions. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, it kind of ties into, I guess what you were saying earlier about, um, like having that vision, a a mentor, like you mentioned, Hey, you're, you want, you are who I want to be when I grow up it can actually help people to figure out what it is they want. What's the ideal they're moving towards that, that type of, um, Hey, these are things I see in you or that value or that appeal to me or that attract, attract me. And I, that's the type of, um, value or virtue that I want to move towards. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And then it feels good whenever, uh, if you have somebody 
say that to you too, then you're like, well, <laughs> yeah. where they're like, oh, I admire this in you, or I've had I've had a couple people say, I, I I wish I was more like you in X, Y, and Z, and I'm just like, oh, so yeah. then I feel like like a motivational speaker, and I'm just like, oh. yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or or like I, I feel a mix of yeah, but also oh you. <laughs> so what? So on that on the flip side, how do you how do you think about like helping the next generation forward? I mean. Um, and it, you know, it was, so we graduated 14, 15 years ago and, um, you know, a lot of, oh that's a lot gosh. of time. So I was about to say, it was uh, like, has it been that long? It doesn't feel like that long. <laughs> so there's a whole nother, there's a whole like two or three generations at, that are following our footsteps. So what do you think about in terms of helping them, uh, move up, uh, in terms of whether it's personally or vocationally or whatever area it might be? I think it's exciting. Um, I don't. I haven't mentioned this on here. I'm not sure if you knew, but I've done. Um, I've done teaching before, like it uh, as a tutor and as an instructor. Uh, you probably know about my uh, working on the uh, weekends, doing uh, kids parties, doing face painting and stuff, entertaining mm-hmm. them, which was awesome. Yeah. But there is something special about teaching them too, and mm. they learn and absorb so much. I mean, you don't even have to be an official teacher to teach them. You could be in passing. Like I, I know I've must have taught a kid something even at a party where I'll say something and just seeing their eyes light up and they're like, Mm. Ooh, but, um, you know, teaching, um, as a tutor, I've taught kids like animation or stop motion animation, uh, game maker at a summer camp, super fun stuff. But, uh, it's just exciting because you teach them something and they're like, Ooh, and they're getting really excited. And then you're sitting there and there's like this sense of pride. And then there's like, wow, that that little kid right over there could be the next whoever Steven Spielberg, yeah. or they could be yeah. the next such and such. And I helped spark that. I mean, mm-hmm. kids remember stuff like what was it? It was Charles Schultz, I believe, and I think it was his kindergarten teacher or someone of his teacher. And basically, she said, "One day, Charles, you're going to be a great artist." Like I know that quote mm-hmm. somewhere, and apparently that stuck with him so hard. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I have an, say. people yeah. like that, and I have an aunt that 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 did that. Like one of these days, you're going to be on the Oscar stage, you know, with all oh, the creative products you do. It feels good, and you're just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but you, you know, the way you talk about it, you you approach that with fun and gaming. So, so how do you, how does fun play games play a role in both your life and your work? Oh gosh, I, I am all about fun. Like you've seen my my online presence, whatever. It's very positive. It's very friendly. It's very smiley. It's very. I, I just think it's fun. Like I think I think there's so much negativity and blahness in the world. Like where we could, I want to spread that cheer and happiness. And there's just something fun and special about like, and it could be anything during the day. I could go out and order a cup of coffee. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't do it like that. But I go out and order a cup of coffee, and then I'll hear the other person laugh, or I make them laugh, or even a phone call, and I'll just say something goofy. I'm just like, yeah. whatever, you know, we're just living our lives here. And I just think I just think it's fun. Like, yeah. I, I used to, there used to be, a, I used to have a bump, one of those bumper stickers back in the day. What did it say? It said, don't take life too seriously. Nobody gets out alive anyway. And, uh, <laughs> You know, it's just like, just just have fun with it. But it, I think it does, it creates a ripple 
But then it also just spreads that joy and cheer because how much more fun is it whenever you're sitting there and you're working, you're in a good mood versus yeah. you're in a bad mood. Like you can you can tell good the good mood spreads and everybody feels mm-hmm. good and you know a bad mood can spread as well. It's like a ripple effect. So yeah, yeah, and then just having having that fun, it just makes things it just makes things more fun and interesting. It doesn't even feel like work; it feels like play. So yeah, yeah, I like that. So talking about fun. Um, what are some real or fictional stories, narratives that have shaped you as a person? Oh, let's see. Um, well, here's a few. Well, let's see. There's a lot, actually. Um, whenever you mentioned this and then you, uh, we had talked about, uh, like, who are some, maybe some inspirational people or in, like, maybe some of their stories. Um, one of my favorite actors is Vincent Price. Um, okay. And... Uh, a few years ago, I had the honor of meeting his daughter, which is very yeah. nice. And she told such wonderful stories about him. He just fascinated me because he was like a renaissance man. But he was just so in love with art and the world. Like, she was talking about how they would go to the beach and just look at rocks. Nothing else. Just yeah. looking at rocks. And it was just so in the moment and just enjoying. He enjoyed every second of life. Like, it was just like it was just something so delicious. And I think that definitely inspired me because I was like, I want to be like that. I want to every moment of every day, just mm, like, it's just something. And, and I think too, I think so many of us, myself included, just kind of, kind of forget that we get lost in, in work or whatever and bills and whatnot, but we forget to go outside and look at that blue sky or we're always looking to the next thing. Our brains are always like in the future, but then I'll look at my dogs play and I'm like, they're not thinking about the they're just yeah. living in the moment. So that was a big story that that I wanted to I wanted to be like that as well. Like okay, like just living life and everything. And um, and then you know there's a lot of uh, I would say there's a lot of movies that are my favorites, and a lot of those just uh, they inspire me in a way where. I would say the story itself is great, but also I, I would think that the story behind the mm. films are what really inspire me because I'm like, how did they make that? That's so crazy. <laughs> and my two my two favorite movies are, like I said, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Little Shop of Horrors. Those are my two favorites mm. because yeah. of how yeah. much went into it. Like I remember seeing the making of for Little Shop and I was just so blown away how they did the slow motion, how they did all that puppetry, yeah. how they did everything. And I was like, what? Yeah. So. I feel similar with, I, I got a spark when I uh, watched the behind the scenes of how um, Steven Spielberg made Saving Private Ryan and his oh, wow. story and, and how that kind of uh, led him to make, you know, just his own journey of making um, movies as a kid and stuff. So that's so cool. Yeah. So, I love seeing behind the scenes stuff. Those are very inspiring because you just, you're like, wow, that's, that's so cool. So, yeah. and then, or just reading stories about different creatives who have had like their ups and downs, but they kept going and created something amazing, you know? Yeah. And it sounds like the world building is a big part of it for you. Oh yeah. I love, I love building a world. Like I have a, um, one of the cartoons I was, I was working on. I, I just, I could sit there and I, I'll just come up with characters and I'll just improv it. It uh, started off with like, 
well, one of them would start off with a doodle and then a voice acting thing. And then from there, I'm just like, oh, and she has a brother. Oh, wait, shit, they have a parent. Oh, wait. And then so, ooh, and then, like, I'm just thinking of all of these different things, um, all these different stories that play in. I guess something like uh, Friends is another thing, you know, is who hasn't watched that series. But it's just like, oh, all these different characters. Oh, wait, it's not just these main characters. It's this whole web of Everybody's mm-hmm. got a backstory, you know. Everybody's got yeah. some a story to tell. So I yeah. think that's yeah. fun and fascinating. Yeah, I I recently saw the movie Cocaine Bear. Um, have you seen it? <laughs> no, but I do. I have. <laughs> so, I wanted so. to see that Meth Alligator. I think it was Meth Gator. Oh well, it, it was actually surprisingly good, and it kind of plays Ooh. with its own absurdity. But they act, that's one of the things they do in the movie is they kind of develop these sophisticated backstories of all the characters that are about to die. <laughs> so it's oh pretty interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, and it just kind of gets creates an investment that's um, interesting and makes this absurd story actually kind of be kind of interesting. So. Oh, that's going to be fun. I love, 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 love character-driven tales. Like yeah. any kind of character-driven driven tale. Like if I, if I don't care about the characters, then... Why do I care? Like, like, yeah. like the Final Destination series, I loved because all of those characters—they weren't just random people who died. Like, they yeah. were—they were actually had some interesting backstories, and each one I had a favorite character. Or uh, another good example is the uh, Generation Four My Little Pony, which I grew up yeah. in the eighties watching mm-hmm. those. You know, so I was like, oh, I like ponies, but it's okay. But then I saw the new series, and I and then. People loved it so much because they had characters and they had backstories and and not only that, but they had some edge to them. They weren't just oh tee hee hee. They were like they argued and got mad at each other and stuff. So character, I think one of our teachers actually said that it was like character creates story and story creates conflict. I forgot his exact words, but he said something yeah. like that. That character. Yeah, and I would I would share that with you. I, character depth is really important value um for me and in, in the movies that i like that's good that's that's good yeah, yeah that's that's something very important so any movie or show that i i want to work on i want to develop those characters make sure they got an interesting yeah backstory different you know just different personalities and, and things that are unique about them not just the you know the simple archetype you want them to have like oh they got like a scar they got like some crazy story and something <laughs> yeah and that's what makes a lot of the new shows really fun is you got these characters and you see their personality but then they go through a whole character arc or like zuko or they have yeah. really intense backstory that you had no clue and you're like that explains a lot yeah yeah <laughs> So that's cool. So let's shift gears from narrative and stories to systems. When you okay. think about systems, how do you use them um, in your work, in your life? What what are what is systems to you? Hmm. Well, um, I try to have try to have like a routines are always good. Um, I have my animals, so they actually help because uh, animals mm. get to routine. So if you got a routine, they're getting used to it and yeah. things like that. So I try to have to get up to, to keep to feed them and stuff. So it kind of gets you going. Is that kind of what you mean? As yeah, exactly. Thing? So like I have a morning routine, you know, let them out, feed them, you know, and then I'll get ready. And mm-hmm. then I make sure to play with them. Before now, how do your, them. how do your, your roommates, uh, when you let the tarantulas out, what do they think about that? 
Well, my partner uh, loves the tarantulas, but you know, tarantulas just try to keep themselves. So we don't let them out. Um, <laughs> and our other roommate just, just wants nothing to do with them. I'm like, look at the tarantula. And he's like, mm. <laughs> so um, everybody else, we got the cats and the dogs. Um, yeah. Dogs, we let them out. Cats, we got a, a fenced area, even though they, they're bad kitties, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. And I would say systems, yeah, just, I guess what it, a system, just whatever works for you. Because some people, and myself included, I, I work in different ways. I like to write things down because it helps me remember. But also a lot of times I like to keep it digital. Like a calendar mm. is digital. Everything is digital. But there are a lot of times where I do want to sit and write in a planner. Of course, then that means yeah. I've got like five different planners. Um, yeah. so I, I found that digital has actually helped me cause then I got it on my phone. I got everything, but I think a good, good mix has uh, helped me out a lot. And then, uh, yeah, I guess like having a good routine, a good morning routine to start the day off right. And a good night routine to wrap the day up. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now you're a person of ideas and you got a lot of aspirations and ideas. So how do you organize those? Um, I Is that have, a notepad or a digital place? Or? It's definitely a digital place because there would be way too many to uh, put on a notepad. I'd probably have like, um, well, <laughs> 5, I do have, yeah, I do have like for certain ones that I'm actively working on, like one of my cartoon series, I'll have a separate sketchbook for that. I'm like, all right, nothing mm. goes in here, but that, or like, uh, if I want to start developing more surreal stuff, uh, so I do a lot of surreal art too. So I'm like, all right, sketchbook for that. So mm. helping doing that helps organize me. But then as far as all my ideas, um, I've done the, uh, there's the getting things done. Uh, that's a book. I forgot the author name, but like, that's a system that some people use. In fact, I use, um, so I use Todoist and I read their blog on different ways on how to stay organized, but a big thing is you have an a inbox dump. Anything that's on your brain, you dump it in the inbox. Just dump it all, everything. Yeah. Uh, take out, take out <laughs> yeah. the garbage. Do this, do the, your ideas, whatever. You know, create this. Da, da, da. So you got everything out of your brain here, and then from there, then you can organize them. All right, these go into these projects. This goes into this project, and then it's prioritizing from there. It's all right. Which ones do I want to work on? Which ones can wait until next year, or later this year, things like that. So that's yeah. a big thing that I've done. And I love a good organization program. I recently, last year, I found out about Notion, which is like a website slash it uses tables oh, yeah. and charts. Like that. that one I loved. Yeah. And that one I, I've started using as like my Bible where I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. here's my routines and here's my pets and here's like my whole life that I want to mm -hmm. organize and put in here. And then, yeah, cool. <laughs> it's really fun. Yeah. I do something similar. I use Evernote, but it's, I, I use Evernote too. Evernote's more for like my quick yeah. captures. Yeah. Evernote's a great ah, one too. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I, cool. I love, I'm a, I'm a nut for a, a good organization program. I, I used to spend hours just like, I'll just look them up. I'm like, all right, Ooh, that one looks good. Ooh, that one looks good. Like I've tried Trello, yeah. Asana, like, okay. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, and they're just fun to play with. Even if I don't actively use them, they're just fun to play with and learn. So. Yeah. yeah. So how do you, with so many things going on, how do you keep yourself focused? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm like, I don't know. Or um, keep yourself from getting caught into distractions when, when maybe the time isn't right to, to be distracted. 
Um, well, I do. It goes back to that scheduling. Even as a freelancer, you got to have your schedule. So mm. it's like, all right, you have your morning routine. All right, from 10 to 12, I'm work focused. All right, 12 o'clock, time to take the dogs out for playtime. And 1 o'clock, yeah. uh, you know, it's time to do X, Y, and Z. So whenever you have that routine and, and that schedule, you know you have to work. Like, even if you're freelancing, you know this is my mm-hmm. work time. And just making sure I have a schedule. Because some things, sometimes things do change, like maybe – you know, you might have an appointment or, or whatever else. Uh, but then whenever it comes time to stay focused, like if I want to draw, want to write or animate, actually, funnily enough, one of the things that I, I do and I still do is I'll put on a movie that I've seen a dozen times and I'll put it on as background. And that's like my music yeah. slash background. And that's also a fun way that I time stuff. So I can say, well, this piece took me two movies to make like three <laughs> yeah. hours or it yeah. took me two, I know and I know I watched Indiana Jones and you know whatever else during this time frame so that's a, a fun way to yeah time it out for me okay yeah that's then, funny yeah and then like I, I'm just I get distracted easily so um you know sometimes and music will help too and I, I sometimes have different things going on like there's a movie going on but I'll listen to music and headphones on, but I'll mm-hmm. look at the animation sometimes muted or something. Yeah. So, cool. Yeah. But, well, what uh, what part? Yeah. Were you about to say something? I forgot already. <laughs> oh, okay. It so, came so, tell, is there anything... <laughs> I, I hijacked it. Is there anything else you want to share that you didn't get a chance to? Any parting words of wisdom for us? Um, gosh. I would say just um... Actually, I actually retweeted this today, but uh, um, some words I always say. I asked my favorite band a long time ago, "How do you, how do you make yourselves better when you're feeling down?" Because sometimes it happens, and they actually replied, "Realize you cannot control everything. Enjoy the chaos." So that's a, a good thing to, because you can't control everything. So sometimes you just gotta enjoy it as it comes. You just got things will happen. Yeah, you can, you can work on things, but just also realize that it's not all in your control. And sometimes you just got to be like, well, okay. But just, uh, yeah. I would say that and just, just, well, I already said that the determination thing, just, just keep at it. Just keep going and do what you want to do. That's the big thing. Do what makes you happy and be weird and crazy and don't care what other people think. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for sharing. Um, what are you up to? How can people connect with you? How can they learn more about your art? How can they learn about the projects? Give us the rundown. Sure. So what am I up to? No good. Um, <laughs> um, actually, so what I'm up to now, I'm pretty much doing my freelance work. Um, I've been looking around for, you know, something to bring in some steady income, but I'm actually doing my freelance work. I'm also working on opening up uh, a shop. I've always wanted to open up my own art shop, like stickers and prints and all kinds of other things that I create. Like a digital shop or a brick and mortar shop? Brick and mortar shop, yeah. I want to start selling at expos and conventions, local markets. It's something that I've kicked around for several years, and I've just – I just haven't, like – really had the time or I've been like, oh, but now it's just something I really want to do. So keep a lookout for that. I, I, I was going to call it Kitsuli's little shop as you know, got my name yeah. and, and uh, a little K- reference. Kitsuli's little shop of horrors. 
Yes. <laughs> so yeah, like, just like oh, it's my Katsuli's little shop. So I'm working on that. That should be. I'm working on launching that later this year. I don't have a set time for that, but I'm working on that. Um, I'm also wanting to work on uh, one of my cartoon series that I've been coming up with. I got a couple of voice actor friends, and you know, we've been writing stories. Me and my partner have been writing some stories called New York Tales. Um, so that's kind of like a, a friends in the city, um, but with animals. So, you know, that's always fun. It's going to yeah. be super fun. And the way you can keep up with me is uh, just following me online anywhere at Kitsuli, K-I-T-S-U-L-I-E. You can find me on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Twitch, all that fun stuff. I'm mostly active on Twitter. Um, and then my website is kitsuli.com. And I'm also going okay. to be uh, doing my blog again. So yeah, keep a keep an eye out for all that okay. fun shenanigans cool. that. I'm now you mentioned you've mentioned some stuff along the way, like the the tarantula podcast uh, pilot. Uh, are are all those linked on your website? Yes, everything things? is linked on my website. In fact, if you go to kitsuli.com, if you go to links, I'll take you to my link tree. And it's got everything from my SoundCloud to my Twitch cool. to anywhere that you want to find me, you will find me. And I've got lots of big ideas and exciting projects along the way. So it's just a matter of which ones do I want to do first. But they're all going to come to fruition. So I'm very, very excited. Okay. So I hope you'll connect and say hi, everybody. I'm really excited. All right. Now, if someone is interested in, in hiring you for your freelancing services... Like, who would be a good fit to go, hey, I should probably email or call Julie and ask about this project or that thing? Um, Gosh, that's a good question. Well, um, I'm getting into voice acting as well. But, yeah, if you want to uh, contact me, let's say you're working on a game or an animation and you want a voice, I can do a voice for you. Um, if you're looking for something more like graphic design or illustration, come talk to me about that as well and just email me, kitsuli at gmail.com. What kind of graphic design? Um, I mostly do. Sorry, I've done some uh, car like cartoon caricatures and flyers. A lot of my work is uh, very cartoon work, so very very cartoon. Okay. Um, I've done a couple flyers, but mostly I'm more into like the caricature designs. If you want to get uh, like a cartoon of you or your pets, that's always fun. I've yeah. actually had uh, I had okay. one logo I did called it's like banjos treats and it had the dog and the cat doing like this and they're looking cool. So okay. if you want yeah. like a, something cartoony and fun for your business, just uh, come say hi. Oh, well, that sounds fun. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing your life with us. Today. And thank you for having me on. This has been a pleasure. I had a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of share life. For additional stories and systems to live better and work smarter, visit jasonscottmontoya.com. That's jasonscottmontoya.com. We look forward to having you listen in on the next episode of Share Life.